0: welcome to how i got here hosted by seasoned educator jeremy proper this is a podcast of conversations with his former students discussing their journey from middle school to where they are today guests highlight their successes and the life lessons learned along the way and now let's welcome the host jeremy proper welcome to how i got here
1: with mr proper I'll be talking to former students who will tell their story of their personal journey from Mr. Proper's class, AKA Club 128, to where they are now. Everyone has a different path to get to where they are now, and that path may just be the beginning to where they actually want to be. In these podcasts, I hope to tap into the journeys that my former students have taken. Also, for them to share their experiences with my current students. And for that matter, anyone else who is interested in seeing how hard work in and out of the classroom actually pays off. so let's welcome my guest serena combs how are you doing today serena
0: i'm great how are you
1: i'm wonderful and i'm just so over the moon that you have taken the time to come and talk to me about your life's journey on this podcast
0: yes well thank you for having me
1: my pleasure so i would like you to take about three to five minutes to briefly introduce yourself Please include when you left Don, the Don, excuse me, and where you went to high school, then college, post-college, and what you are currently doing now. So please take a moment and talk about yourself.
0: So I went to Don Estridge from 2010 to 2013, which is so long ago, I can't even believe it. Uh, Spent three years there, obviously, and then I went to uh, Park Vista Community High School, which is in Lake Worth and I graduated there in 2017. And from there, I had to kind of make a decision about college, what I wanted to do. And something that really uh, interested me was wanting to play collegiate golf. So I took a lot of time kind of looking at different schools, uh, you know, looking at not only the academic side, but also the golf side. So I, you know, went on several tours and ultimately decided to go to a really small school in South Carolina called Presbyterian College. It's the smallest Division I school in the nation. So there's about, I'd say now probably less than a thousand students.
1: Wow. Um, I didn't realize it was that small. That's tiny.
0: It is. It is so tiny. Um, so I was kind of nervous to go there just because of how small it was. I mean, Park Vista has, I don't even know, 3,000 students. At and least. so now I'm going somewhere. Yeah, that's 3, a high school compared to
1: a Division One college.
0: Yes, yes. Um, so it was crazy. So I loved it, though. I loved every single second of it. It was the best decision by far that I have ever made. Um,
1: so you played I, golf all four years?
0: I played golf all four years, yes. Um, had the chance to go back for a fifth year, but decided not to <laughs> because of my COVID year. Um, ah. but I joined, uh, so it's called like the student athlete advisory committee. Hmm. I joined that there's two athletes from every single team, uh, on this committee. Every, uh, every NCAA school has one. I was in that for a year and became vice president and then became president the last two years wow impressive and then my my very last year um, my senior year i was actually um i guess it's called co-chair of the big south national sac so of our conference wow and how
1: many schools does that entail
0: i think there's i think now 12 schools in the Uh Big south that's
1: still that's a lot to be in charge of that's incredible Um,
0: yeah so um, that was a great experience. Um,
1: a a little actually- a little birdie named your sister told me you got nominated for something. What was that something you were nominated for?
0: Yes, I was nominated for NCAA Woman of the Year.
1: Wow. NCAA, <laughs> yes. like the whole thing.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, aye, aye, aye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: You, you just <laughs> impressed beyond impressive.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, but it was through the SAC that I, we actually, so they have annual meetings. And so I went to this annual meeting and basically uh, there's two people from each school. We all sit down and we look at proposed NCAA legislation. And we say, you know, we look at it and we say, you know, how does this impact student athletes? How would this impact the college itself, the conference? We just kind of, I mean, we go on for hours just on Wow.
1: So you're really piece. a part of this whole thing. You're
0: Absolutely. Yes.
1: Wow. So it's not like um, I got roped into when I was graduate school, I got roped into student government and no offense to it, but it was kind of a joke. Maybe it was just at my school. Like they were trying to put up a a radio tower. We spent all this time arguing. Oh, no, no, not put up a radio tower. They wanted to expand the radio itself because the broadcast Uh wasn't reaching all the students. And we spent hours and hours and hours arguing this. And finally, I turned to somebody and I said, wait, they just said, that they have to submit it to the president of the college. And if he says no, we just wasted three hours of our time. And they yes. said, yes, pretty much. And I was like, wah, wah, wah. why am I doing this? Like, right. I don't understand. But you were really making a difference. This really turned into something. Like what you guys said and did became reality, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. And so even just looking at it, so that's what conference perspective. So like even looking at a PC perspective, when I was just a member and, you know, vice president on SAC, you know, we went to meetings once a month and we didn't really, I mean, honestly, if they were maybe 30 minutes long. We didn't really do much. Gotcha. And so I, when I became president, one of the biggest things that I had to deal with, um, you know, playing golf, we have tournaments, five tournaments each semester, Monday and Tuesday. So missing in class. And there's a lot of professors that aren't very nice about you. the student athlete. No, they are not. <laughs> yes so you know they would it it was just crazy because i'm not you know i I don't it's not like i'm just skipping your class i have a legitimate reason right i'm actually doing it for the school right i get a scholarship to go play golf that's what i'm doing and so i would get a lot a hard time about that so i actually worked with uh our provost and our faculty athletic rep on making on changing our attendance policy for the school
1: wow that's so that's like
0: little things like that that can really you know make a difference. Wow Um, now what is
1: your, since you're heavily involved in that, what was your opinion of the student-athlete getting paid? How how do you see that?
0: Yes, Uh, let's see so. Sorry I
1: didn't mean to throw a question out there that you might have not been prepared for.
0: No, 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 no. It's fine. Uh, I just have differing opinions because I see all sides. To be honest. Okay,
1: but I, I want to know your side because your side is the reality side. Because right. I don't know any other Division One student athletes, so I can't ask them. So right. I'm asking you because you're my you're my resident expert because you live this for four years. And and there's no wrong opinion. You know, it's right. an opinion, and I value anyone's opinion especially someone who has the background as yourself you're not just a random collegiate athlete you were right. the, the president and you really know what you're talking about so even if you don't agree it's fine i just want to know your opinion because i'm not i i am not nor was i ever a college athlete so i don't understand the like you said i have practice for 3 hours a day and then i'm missing right. monday and tuesday classes so please what i'd love to hear your opinion
0: So I think as far as sponsorships go, I honestly don't see a problem with it. Um,
1: Sponsorship meaning?
0: Well, just sponsorships from like uh, companies basically. Oh, okay. So like all these athletes now are allowed to take, you know, endorsement deals. You know, some do whatever. It's like the bar stool athlete.
1: Right, Um, right, Others
0: receive bigger endorsements. I don't necessarily see a problem with that. Uh, And we talked about this a lot at the SAC meeting that I went to. And some people said that it would obviously – put the little conferences at a disadvantage because obviously your bigger conferences are getting higher sponsorships and of such course, for their yeah. players. But right. I mean, that's inevitable. Um, right? I mean, of course, you know, your players like Zion Williamson are going to get hefty endorsement deals compared to a golfer at Presbyterian college. You know, I would
1: imagine probably not, <laughs> but still you're going to get something. There's going to be someone who's going to say, Hey, you know, Serena, where my Nike or where my whatever, If you can of course because you don't want to um do anything against whatever it is that you're allowed to do to lose like you don't want to lose your scholarship i guess is what i'm trying to say so you don't want to do anything that's that's against it but on the other hand you know you were fortunate you have two wonderful caring loving parents and they want to give you the best and help you out whenever and necessary but god forbid someone's parents didn't have the money and this was their only opportunity and somebody's gonna help them but you know like you said zion is getting big dollars and Serena Combs, eh, maybe not so much, right. but if exactly. someone was willing to offer you, like, let's say, I don't know, let's say, um, sorry, uh, 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 uh let's go like Callaway because you're obviously a golfer. So right. if Callaway wanted to sponsor you, would you feel okay with that?
0: I would. Yeah. Um, I'm also for it just because you know, a lot of athletes, especially your, your more high profile ones, you know, let's say they have an injury or something and now, you know, you had a legitimate chance on going to the pros and now you don't, you know, at least you were able to get something.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah.
0: There is some arguments kind of on like schools paying athletes, you know, the schools themselves that Right. I disagree with because to me, my scholarship is me getting paid. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, education to me, was the most important thing. And PC, you know, let me right. play golf and get an education with the scholarship that they gave me. You know what Exactly.
1: I mean? And do so. you, can I ask, do you know how much PC is a year? How much does it cost to go there?
0: Yeah, PC is a private school. It's like $56,000 a year.
1: So they gave you roughly over $220,000 to play golf there.
0: Well, it wasn't a full scholarship. Oh. I probably paid maybe 7000 a year. But But still, that's still pretty
1: hefty. Yeah, it's it's about 200 grand. So they they are giving you almost $50,000, which is incredible. And so, again, I agree with you there. And I've always agreed with the fact of, yes, you're getting an education. But I love the point that you made about what happens if someone gets a debilitating injury or Um. what happens if you just digress and you were the stud in high school and you were great as a freshman and you just don't make it to the pro level or like you said, you get hurt you know, there's so many different reason and reasons of what could happen. You know, it's just because you're on that path doesn't mean you're destined for that to happen. Or right. for whatever reason, uh, let's just take football. Like, for whatever reason, it's just not the linebacker year. They don't need linebackers, and you don't right. have a job. So, uh-huh. yeah. So it's, it's a tough decision. I agree with you on the sponsorship, and I never really thought about the schools actually paying. But how about this, though? doesn't the school, like, obviously, let's go back to Zion, doesn't the school make tens, maybe even hundreds of millions of dollars off of that person, because of what they're doing, because everyone wants to wear his jersey, everyone wants to whatever with whatever it is that he's doing. So Mm -hmm. like, but a lot of people argue, well, they are getting the education. But from you, I can ask you again, do you off the top of your head, remember or know numbers of the graduation rates in general of collegiate athletes? are is it a higher percentage or it depends on the college?
0: You know, I'm not so sure about graduation rates, but I do know like uh, like GPA-wise, student-athlete to regular student, uh, comparing them, student-athletes at PC had a higher GPA than regular students.
1: I hear that a lot, that yes. at most colleges, you can't say everyone because nothing's 100%. But at most colleges, well, can you explain to me your PC experience, why you believe that?
0: You know, your really big schools, I mean, they put in a lot of time with tutors and such. You know, I know uh, a lot of these schools have like private tutors just for like football players. And PC didn't really have, they didn't really have a lot of that. But I just feel, I feel like coaches really emphasize I mean, having good grades and they're always checking in on you, making sure like, hey, you know, progress reports come out. They're like, you know, what's going on in this class and such.
1: On top of you to make sure that your grades are where they should be. Right. Not that that was ever really a problem for you. You were always a very good student and it was something that was important to you. But Mm -hmm. still, it's nice to know that someone is kind of giving you the nudge nudge and being the parental influence because your parents aren't there and that they care. Um, Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny that you talk about big schools and, uh, tutors. It made me remember one of my wife's friends. Um, she was, uh, a tutor when, um, oh, where was it? Uh, Tennessee. Uh, where did, um, uh, I'm just totally drawing a blank um the football family the dad played for new orleans the brother played for the giants and the uh, oh, uh the manning's Oh, yeah old miss Where, did peyton, peyton manning didn't peyton,
0: go to peyton, Ole... no um tennessee. went to old miss he went to tennessee yeah
1: right i was right. okay i was right with tennessee okay so let's try this again so peyton manning went to tennessee and my wife's friend jen was his tutor because she got a job tutoring at math i believe and she was tutoring, and I'll never forget, we went over to her house once, after, well after college was over, and all of a sudden, there's Peyton Manning on, on TV playing football. And she's not really into football, it was just on because it was Sunday, and she's like, oh, Peyton, I know him. And I'm like, what, how do you know him? She goes, oh, I used to tutor him in math back in Tennessee. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, and this is crazy. the whole point, like you never know who's what or who's connected to whom or what can happen. So that's pretty amazing. So when you were in high school,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, you didn't know necessarily that you were going to go to PC as a school, but you knew that Division One golf was probably on the table, right? You knew that was going to happen. Yes. So in order for that to happen, you still had to have decent to good grades to go to these Division One schools, correct?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So what would you say was the foundation that Serena had to lay in order to go from, you know, starting out playing golf in sixth grade to playing golf on the high school team to being a county success to getting a scholarship at a division one school, going and now graduating and then attending law school at University of Florida, which we'll get into in a little while. It just keeps continuing. It's unbelievable. So what was your preparation for that? Like, what did you do to, to say, all right, this is the goal I want to achieve. I have to do all this stuff.
0: So I guess the biggest thing that helped prepare me the most was taking um, AP classes and dual enrollment classes.
1: Can I ask you, how many AP classes did you take?
0: Uh, you know, I don't know off the top of my head, probably s- oh, eight, maybe gotcha something something like that the problem the problem was and this is a whole nother rant for a whole nother day but <laughs> I think most Palm Beach County high schools are now going towards that ace program. yes that what, yeah. yes yes yeah, well yeah, ACE is great, I guess, if you're going to an in-state school, but if you're going out of state like I did, it doesn't, you don't get any of those credits.
1: I tried to explain that to the kids. I I always say that. I said, ACE is great if you're going to use the prepaid or you're going mm-hmm. to use anything that's Florida, this is it. If not, Florida's the only one that takes it. So yep. you have to take APs in order to. So so you took a lot of AP classes in order to prepare you for this next step, this next journey? And how well did you feel that you were prepared? Like, did you get to college and you felt like, you know, the Hulk was standing on you or were you you standing on the Hulk?
0: No, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, you sit in high school classes a lot in your APs and, you know, teachers are like, when you get to college, this is going to be so much harder. And I honestly, I, I it's not that it's easy because it's not, but there's just so many resources out there that, you can really flourish. Like, you know, when you're home in high school, you know, you you have your parents around everything, but when you're in college, you're just kind of, you can pretty much do work all the time. You know, I mean, I would never do work past like seven o'clock at, you know, in high school, but now I get to college, I'm studying more, but I honestly, I mean, it was a pretty easy transition. Well, I didn't ever feel it was tough, if that makes sense.
1: No, not at all. Where do you think those tools were acquired? And was there a specific class, maybe even a teacher, somebody who truly made that difference for you where you were like, all right, I, I really like this. This is this is the light bulb moment, the aha, like, wow.
0: Well, it also, it's it, you know, when you're in high school, you are taking pretty much like classes that they tell you to take, obviously. So right. I, I, I went for, I mean, I was always a good student, but there was never really something that I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, until I was in 11th grade and I took an AP U.S. history class and the teacher himself, honestly, he wasn't the best, um, but the information was what I found most interesting. And I always, I always wanted to come home and like, I always, you know, just read my textbook because I just, I thought it was interesting. So when you go to college and, you know, I had so many credits for my AP classes that I didn't have to take these a lot of these gen eds that I could really start into my major courses. Which yeah, I double just springboard in right into it. Right. You didn't
1: have to take – well, gen ed classes are basically for the kids you, that you're basically retaking English, math, science, and social mm-hmm. studies. And by taking the AP classes, it's almost like a CLEP, which basically says you already took it. You don't have to take it again if you right. score – did your school require fours or fives? Do you remember?
0: It was fours, fours okay. or fives. Yep. Okay, yes,
1: fours or fives. Because I know the IVs now are fives across the board. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah,
0: and, and a lot of schools take threes too, but they, PC, unfortunately didn't. So it was oh. just fours and fives. Yeah,
1: some, some uh, do. Some, that's true. Three is passing, and then right. four is usually that what they're looking for. But some do take threes, and now, like I said, some take five. Wow. Yeah. So, No, sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, no, I was just going to say that. So now I took all those. I didn't have to take any of those classes that didn't really interest me. So now I could go right into my, you know, history classes. I could take my politics classes. And so it was it was easy for me to study because I enjoyed it so much.
1: What did you actually graduate with? What is your degree?
0: So I guess it's a, a Bachelor of Arts in history
1: and political science wow you basically are a combination of my wife and myself I have I have the history she's the poli sci she's the politics major yeah it's really funny and then Uh to make matters crazier when we first moved to Florida she got a job teaching U.S. history and I got a job teaching civics and both of us were like uh can you do my lesson plans because I don't know what it is I'm supposed to be doing so funny, it really is that's amazing you're you're definitely like six or seven kids that I know of that have done that. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad. And yeah, that's up. Well, op- no, go
0: ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say that I originally was going. So when I started college, I wanted to get um, actually my PhD in history and become a professor. Wow. And my my sister, Taylor, she was talking to me and she said, you know, she said, because you're taking history, so she said, you might as well just do political science too. And at that point, I, I honestly didn't really know what political science was. And I said, right. all right, you know, whatever, I'll just throw it in there whatever you know so Um, wait
1: was this a dual major or a major and a minor
0: no this is two majors
1: oh my god so you're a professional athlete and you're doing dual majors wow boy you're just I I don't know how you make it
0: (laughs) but I so much enjoyed my political science classes to my history classes believe it or not Um, yes no I could totally
1: I I could totally understand that
0: tailored to thank, to for, thank that for
1: that for, that's really yeah. hey look big big sister pays off who, who knew yeah
0: yeah the girl yeah. the
1: girl who's actually earning her phd right now
0: yes
1: yes or, or maybe she she was just trying to dissuade you from uh the the phd <laughs> so she could be the first and she could be like ah, i got mine now what are you gonna yeah. do little sister and you're like yeah whatever i'm gonna become a lawyer and i can get a phd in that too oh, yeah that's yeah, so that's funny. funny what's that called i always forget uh
0: jd your JD, Juris Doctorate? Yeah. that's it
1: that's it. So now we, we're, we're getting the fact that you're a pretty smart cookie. Um, first and foremost, did you have any educational like, challenges? Was there anything for you that really stood out where you were like, like you said, you fell in love with history, but how did you then muddle through like, science and math if those weren't your thing?
0: Yeah, um, so I actually, I only got two B's ever at PC.
1: Two B's?
0: Two B's. One was in... in four
1: years? I, oh, my God. Yeah,
0: but both were my freshman year.
1: Okay, so that's understandable. You're just the, getting acclimated.
0: Right, and freshman year is always the hardest just because you don't really know what professors expect of you, um, but PC, because it's Presbyterian College, they make you take Old Testament and New Testament courses. Right, right. So I got a B in Old Testament.
1: Oh, man. Jesus was not happy with you.
0: He, he was—he really wasn't, no. <laughs> and then uh, I got a B in physics because I, oh. me and sciences do not get along. You know, that's ta- my sister's realm, Taylor's that's, realm. But that's Taylor, this is, yes. Tay Tay is, where is complete. all about the science. But I,
1: I hate to have to tell you, social studies, people, science is not our thing. It just it's it, science no. and math. It, it's not. It, I, what's no. weird, though, is physics was the only science that made sense to me. I got an A in physics and everything else was like I was torturing myself. But physics just actually made sense because you could do because I had to take physics with a lab. Did you have to do that?
0: I did. Yeah. Mm. And
1: the lab is what all of a sudden made it all make sense because I'm a hands on kind of person wow. and you know, when I see it happening, I'm like, oh, my God, that makes perfect sense now. Now I understand all this gobbledygook that I just read in this book 42 times and I didn't understand. Now I'm doing an experiment and it makes perfect
0: sense. Right. So
1: that's why physics made sense. But biology, when you had to do, what is it, meiosis, mitosis and cell oh division on one test? I was like, you can yes. just throw that in the trash. No. Nope.
0: Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Seeming,
1: seemingly how you're having this unbelievably like enriched academic life and you were obviously so how often were you playing golf in high school? Obviously not to PC level, but still.
0: No, I would. Pr- I mean, I still, though, in high school was probably going five to six days a week. No doubt. Um, but for probably only like an hour and a half to two hours a day.
1: Wow. Did you have yeah. like a, a, a coach, a trainer? A, what is it? The, the What's the psychologist or like a mind person to <laughs> yes, help you?
0: Yes, yeah. that's it. Uh, I didn't have a sports psychologist, although I probably would have benefited from one. <laughs>
1: um, I think we all could.
0: <laughs> yes, but I did have a just a regular, you know, coach that I would go to weekly for lessons and all, you know, and then had tournaments and all that jazz. So,
1: And when you played in high school, because you did get a Division One scholarship, when you played in high school, were you like how highly ranked were you on your team in high school? I don't remember.
0: It's been a while. So, I mean, Park Vista. Um, I was one just because there's not really, I guess, much competition. I don't know. I, that, not to be rude, but you know.
1: No, you you obviously um, earned it. You didn't just walk on there because that's not who you are. And like, yeah, this is mine.
0: Right. Uh, but. But on like through even like my junior tours that I would go on, I honest, I honestly was probably middle tier. I wasn't. I didn't really stand out, and but I also wasn't the worst, you know. Um, okay. I just kind of skated by. Right. Um, but I feel something just like a transition or something just kind of switched when I went up there and I started playing so much better. So I don't know how that happened, but I guess I'm thankful for it. So Definitely.
1: We always want to be thankful for playing better because golf is that yes. game where just one day you're like, wait, I actually knew how to play this yesterday. What happened today?
0: Right, exactly. Yep. And
1: people don't understand that unless they play it yep so when you're spending hours studying hours golfing when was serena time when was there me time when was there like all right all this stuff just gets pushed to the side because i need to what is it that you did
0: i mean to some extent though golf was kind of my me time because it was well in college and high school you know two to three out of my two to three hours a day out of, you know, just the chaos of studying and such. So it was just kind of like a peaceful time, I guess. Um,
1: a lot of people don't understand that. Like, yeah, people they ask me that all the time. They're like, why do you play golf? I'm like, because it's fun. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you're not Tiger Woods. I'm like, yeah, because Tiger Woods is Tiger Woods. That's why I'm Jeremy Proper. Like, I, I, <laughs> right. go, I go out there to play golf because it's fun. And I actually, uh, last time I played... I was talking to my friend and like here in South Florida, I forget how, how lucky we are where you go out on the course. I don't know if you remember playing the uh, Boca Muni 9. Oh, yes. I mean, yep. we'd see alligators. We'd see Canadian geese. We'd see uh-huh. Egyptian geese. We'd see owls. We'd see foxes. We'd see like, it was, it was like a zoo. We got to see all kinds of stuff and chase around a little white ball to, to irritate yourself. And uh-huh. what I try to explain to people, and I want to know if you agree with me, The way i play golf is i want to play where i'm beating myself knowing that i did better than i played this course or the way i played last time and then i'm trying to see if i can be better than the competition what is your take on playing golf
0: yeah i mean i think that that's exactly right um a lot of the time i just try to just even when i'm in a tournament it's really me against the golf course yeah i'm playing with other people against other people but at the same time you know it's just me out there. So I try to just have like a a good mindset. I try not to get too frustrated because I mean, it is such a tough game and people don't really understand it unless they go out and play it. How just mentally draining it honestly is sometimes. Um,
1: so what was your, what was your challenging, uh, educational? Did you go over that?
0: Uh, no. So I, okay. So through SAC, I guess, backstory first and listening to like all the legislation and everything, I realized how cool that is and how it's crazy how just one thing can really, you know, this legislation can have just a major impact. And so it was from that, that I started to kind of, you know, sway the thought of law school. Mm. So it wasn't until it had to have been early February, my junior year, <laughs> that I went to one of my professors, uh, who is the pre-law advisor, and I sat down in her office for two hours. Wow. Just kind of discussing. Yeah, I mean, she is a saint for sitting there for two That's hours. That's a lot of
1: time to get from an yeah. advisor. That's ama- I mean, these kids don't understand that, that they don't have this kind of time.
0: Yes, yeah. And she sat down with me and just kind of, Went over some pros and cons, and it was from that that I said yes. Like this is something that I want to do. Well, when I decided that, my immediate next step is studying for the LSAT, the you know law school admissions test. Um, I felt so behind because you know a lot of kids that decide to go to law school already know so far in advance that that's what they want to do. So they
1: went pre-law as their undergrad, exactly.
0: Right, and they've but history's huge for for that. But it, history it, it is, is huge yes. for that. You,
1: you, you yes. were not as behind as they would say the eight ball as right. your, your general ed studies major who yes. decides that they yes. want to do law school. Like yeah. you already had a leg up where you're like, all right, I took a lot of history and that will help.
0: Right. But the because law school, it's, so, sorry I was going to
1: say it, it, it's a lot of research is law, is trying to research cases and figure oh, yes. out how it relates to your client and how your client is similar to this particular case.
0: Yep. A lot of reading. <laughs> a lot of reading. Uh, but the LSAT, it's interesting. So it's three different sections. One of them is, is reading comprehension. Another one is you have a paragraph and you have to, it'll ask you, what's the strength of this argument? what's the weakness of this argument that different things like that related to arguments. Okay. And then the last section is like, it's like games. So it's like, if I went to, if I bought three apples and I gave one away, just little things like that. Right. So I had to, it was February that I had to sit down and I registered to take the July LSAT. So I had to
1: this July, like you just took it.
0: Well, no, this would have been last year. So I last year. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I okay. Had I'm just trying just, to keep just, the timeline correct. Yeah. So I had a few months to prepare. Um, I guess in a way, COVID helped me because I was able to come home. You were and take stuck at home. Classes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I had nothing else to do but study. And I am not exaggerating when I tell you that for a solid three, three and a half months, I studied for that stupid test for, <laughs> I would say, two to four hours a day easily. Wow.
1: It's funny because I had another person that did the podcast and they told me that they realized they wanted to go to a quality school and they knew in order to do that, they had to start studying for the SATs and they did it in ninth grade. And all they did was study 15 or 20 minutes a day, but they did it nine, 10th, 11th until they took it. And they were all ready to you know, go and do it. They did phenomenal on it, but they studied for three years. Whereas you're kind of the opposite. You were like, Oh, I want to do this. And I have this small window to make sure it happens. And as you and I know, and you can tell the listeners, how did that work out for you?
0: Well, it worked out really well. I actually, I remember, so I took the test and I was, I was very unsure of how it went. And because of COVID, usually you have to go in person to take it, but I could take it at least from the comfort of my own home, which was nice. That is nice. Um, But I still just didn't really know how it went. And so I remember scores were released at 9am on a certain date. And my mom actually, she stayed home a little bit later in the morning to be able to, you know, Hear what I got. And I told her, I just said, Mom, I said, just wait downstairs. You know, just let me soak <laughs> it in first because I don't know how right. I'm going to react. And I remember <clears throat> I uh, opened up my phone. It was like 9 a.m. I got my score and I just, I physically could not believe it. I mean, I was, it was probably one of the happiest days of my life. I, That's incredible. I scored in the 78th percentile. Wow. And it, I, I just, it was a score that i really had never even gotten in practice test you know so uh, it, it blew so that much... away too wow yeah absolutely and so i it was funny because my mom always jokes, I was looking at other schools, you know, that take a lower LSAT, like LSU, for example. Because <laughs> you're like,
1: I don't want to push it. Yes. I don't know how well I did. I want to go <laughs> yes. to law school, but come on.
0: Yeah. And so I remember I was sitting on the steps and I told my mom, I said, I don't have to go to LSU. And she LSU. She always, oh my God, you know, she that's so funny. Them. So funny, but yeah, and so I wow. got my score and started applying to schools, which is a beast in and of itself.
1: I could only imagine. Now uh, are there, I'm totally unfamiliar. So just like college, are there fees associated with applying to each school?
0: Oh yeah. So every application goes through the LSAC, which they make the LSAT test. And so you have to make, it's like $200 to create an account with them. And then like a $200 fee to create like basically put all your information into one thing that gets sent to the schools. And then you have application fees on top of that from each individual school. Wow. So a lot of schools will email you and they'll be like, hey, we waived your application fee.
1: Nice.
0: Um, which is great. But then you still have the LSAC fee that you have to pay on top of that.
1: Wow. Um,
0: so it, it is pretty costly, but I did, I ended up applying to, I think I applied to 14 different schools just oh my. because i didn't know what law schools wanted and i just was kind of unsure about the whole process just because i felt like i started so late
1: right right this wasn't um, something that you prepared for for the last four years this was kind of like right. um i want to do this now
0: right and um I, it just so kind of like worked I, out right and then uh, i remember i got accepted pretty early on to george washington oh nice um, washington washington
1: dc yeah very good school
0: right And, um, they're like in the top 25 in the nation. So from that, then I applied to a few more higher up ones, you know?
1: Oh, okay. So once you got into that, you were like, Hey, well, let's see what else I can do here.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, but then ultimately decided to go to university of Florida. So I leave in less than a week and a half to go there.
1: That's incredible. That is just incredible. I mean, hard work pays off. It, it, It really does. And that kind of leads us to the quote that I had asked you to, uh, discuss
0: yes so um, the quote that i just kind of goes along with everything in my life i feel like is that everything happens for a reason so i feel like you can't if you're going through something you can't ever you know you can i i don't know how to word this basically but i don't really have any regrets basically. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. That's, that's it. I feel like everything that has happened in my life has put me to where I am today.
1: This is the path that Serena is supposed to be on. This is the path that you're supposed to go to and you're doing it. And Mm -hmm. even though like we're sitting here laughing about it, but this is the path, even though you decided last minute, basically to do law. It, it worked itself out. It happened. Right. You, yeah. you, well, let's, let's be honest. You made it happen. You did it. your hard work, your effort. But again, it wasn't just like, this is Serena, the college whiz kid, you know, you had golf, you obviously had to have a personal life. You, you know, it, it wasn't just like, oh, study, sleep, golf, right. study, sleep, you know, you, no, you have yeah. to, wind it all together and again like you said you're just kind of letting it happen and it did so Mm -hmm. if there's anything that you uh learned about Don Estridge after you left is is there anything that all of a sudden you went to high school or even college and you're like wow I learned that in middle school and just didn't realize
0: I feel like Don Estridge really just prepared me so well I feel like, especially even when I went to high school, I had friends that went to, you know, other middle schools, and I felt like they just really weren't as prepared as I was. And I have, I kind of just had to take a step back and think that, well, obviously, you know, this is a result of me going to to Don Estridge, you know, I mean, I feel like the teachers there just really help students a lot and help want to see them succeed where I saw maybe other friends that went to different middle schools didn't they didn't have that
1: and then when you went to high school did that diminish
0: yeah um, kind of yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> gotcha so yeah, yeah it's interesting because when you're there you're not seeing the whole picture you're just seeing right. like I always say this sentence reality is what you're used to so uh-huh. you know S- Serena's reality is she sat down for three hours a day for how many months did you say it was three yeah three months and kicked some serious bootay on the LSATs and now is going to the University of Florida. And I'm sorry, did we leave out on a scholarship? Yes. We left that out. Yes, of course we did. So Serena is just on the world of scholarship, whether it be academics or athletics, ding, 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 bullseye every time. So that's what's so amazing is your hard work and your perseverance. This wouldn't just happen because like your average person, A, even in a pandemic time, wouldn't put in that kind of time and effort to do right. what you did and then ultimately achieve what you did. So it's, it's commended. You know, you did a wonderful job and you deserve all the accolades and everything that goes with it. And again, that's the whole point of the podcast is to show people hard work pays off. Yeah, you may not well, see it today. You. You may not see it tomorrow, but this young lady shows it every single day <laughs> and it, it, it's amazing. And that's why I wanted her to come on and talk about it because when you put in the effort, it's going to show, but again, it's not going to, it might not be today. And that we're such a, uh, what is that culture where we want things like right now?
0: Yeah. We're Just- result oriented or is that what it's called? Yes. Result
1: oriented and just immediacy. We want the the positivity to happen immediately, not realizing that some things, and especially the big things are over time, that it's a time lapse, that it's this leads to this leads to this. And going back to your quote, everything happens for a reason. Well, your reasons are I did this, this, and this to get me to where I am now. And as you pointed out, you were just going along going okay i'm here with my double major of history and political science and that's cool and then all of a sudden it was law and then it's oh yep. here's a new direction and and i want to go over there and in typical serena fashion you did it <laughs> because that's who you are you persevere but that's life nobody's handed anything you have to work for it i mean unless of course your dad's a billionaire but i don't know
0: any of those nope.
1: <laughs> so um, I mean, maybe if you went to school across the street at Lynn University, you probably know a couple of the billionaires then. But anyway, True. I digress. Um, <laughs> the, the, the thing is that, that it's just hard work and the hard work never stops because she just spent three months of her life studying for a test, getting into law school, and that's just to get into school, to do more school.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: How long is the law program? Is it?
0: It's three years.
1: Three years. OK, I couldn't remember. Yeah. I was like, is it three? Is it four? So, that's so exciting. Well, yes, well thank as, you. As I, 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 it's just unbelievable, the achievements of these, as I still call them kids, but now they're adults. I mean, you're 22 years old. You're not a kid anymore, but still. So, as I end the podcast, as I do every single time, I have to throw out there, because it's been a long time since you were at the Don. Do you remember who Don Estridge actually was?
0: So, was not it- he, he was an engineer that helped develop the first PC, right?
1: That's exactly correct. And Because for, Don
0: Estridge is in the former IBM building, right? You
1: answered my bonus question oh, without me sorry. even asking. No, it's awesome. I'm glad that you knew the answer. It's amazing. I love it when people do that. That's fantastic. No, don't apologize. Please don't apologize for being smart. That's the last thing you should ever do. So, yes, that's exactly right. Don Estridge was supposed to be the secret facility in Boca Raton where the personal computer was invented by one and only Don Estridge. That is amazing. Well, Serena, I greatly appreciate you coming on my podcast and telling your story and uh, telling everyone about your wonderful accomplishments and the continuation of your wonderful accomplishments. But as we've stated, it all goes with hard work.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me.
1: Not a problem. Thank you for listening to How I Got Here podcast with Mr. Proper. Music provided by Miss Mata. Thank you to Patty Fernandez for the introduction. Thank you to Seth Proper for logistics and behind-the-scenes production. Join us next time for another episode of How I Got Here and more stories of former students and their journey.